about John the Baptist, but I don't think it's his diet or his attire. I think it's his demeanor. Like there's this radical confidence that exudes from John the Baptist that I think we all wish we could have. He's just radically confident in who he is and what he's about and who Jesus is. We see this all the time. They're coming up to him in the desert and people are asking him, are you the Messiah? No, I'm not the Messiah. Are you the prophet? No. Are you Elijah? No. Who are you? I'm the voice of one crying out in the desert. Make straight the path of the Lord. Like he knew who he was and what he was about. And then when Jesus comes on the scene, like he instantly recognizes him. He just knows that that's him. He points him out. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Go follow him. I'm done. Go follow him. Just this radical confidence. And it's this radical confidence in who he is and what his mission is that allows him to speak in the way that he speaks. Maybe that's what we like about him. He's like, he like lays into the Pharisees and Sadducees. You see, everybody else is coming up to him. They're all going out into the desert. They instinctively realize that the desert is the place of silence in which I can hear the voice of God. And John the Baptist, because he's grown up in the silence of the desert and is, is, is sat in the presence of God for so long, he's actually become the voice of God for them. So these people are going out into the desert and they're asking this question, what must I do? And each group of people, he, he gives a surprisingly clear and compassionate answer. The tax collectors, the drudge of society, what do we have to do? Well, stop extorting people. The Romans, pagans, the occupiers, they come. Soldiers, what do we have to do? Stop acting with violence. People keep coming up to him and he gives them the, this is what you need to do. The Pharisees, they come up, they don't ask what we're supposed to do. They're curious. They're not there for the silence. They're not there for God's direction. And this is why John lays into them. You brood of vipers. It's this confidence that John has that enables him to do that. And then when Jesus comes on the scene and he passes the, the mission off, he says, this is my, my mission is done now. But that doesn't mean I like, go home and like, watch TV for the rest of my life. That means I move on to something else. Okay, Lord, now what's my mission? What do you have for me now? And with equal confidence, he goes and starts harassing King Herod, who's living in an adulterous relationship ends up losing his head for it. But with such confidence, I think it's only in the silence of the desert that we too can grow in such confidence. Because it's only in the silence of the desert that we can hear the voice of God. And I think that's actually a scary concept for many of us. I think many people avoid silence because they actually are trying to avoid the voice of God. 
if I'm honest about it, I don't really want to know what God wants me to do. I might say that sometimes. Oh, I wish God would just give me a sign. I wish I could hear his voice. Well, why don't you go into the silence? Well, I mean, I don't want it that badly. I mean, think about it. Think how dangerous that is. I mean, the literal danger of a desert, but the, the, the figurative des- danger of asking God what he wants for your life. Asking God who you are to him. Remember the rich young man? It's later in the gospel. I, I see him as like the, the anti-type of, of John the Baptist. He goes to Jesus. He has this moment of courage. He says, Lord, what must I do? The Lord says, keep the commandments. He says, great, I'm doing that already. Anything else? Sell all that you have and give it to the poor and come follow me. Oh, he didn't want to hear that. And you and I don't want to hear that either. That's why we resist silence. That's why we resist the desert. Because we don't really want to know what the Lord wants us to do. But as we enter into this Advent season, the season of silence and waiting, I think there's a a renewed grace to do that. We, we We have to come to grips with that and say, okay, what do I what do I want more? To, to live in, in my own, my own uh, you know, idea of who I am and what God wants? Or do I really want to take the risk of stepping out and receiving from him my identity, my mission? Do I want the confidence of John the Baptist, who seems unstoppable, or the sadness of the rich young man who... He goes away sad because, well, he knows he's never going to be what he truly wants to be, but he's going to have all his stuff and his autonomy and his riches. My encouragement for this Advent season be to venture into the desert. Venture into the silence. It's a scary place. Did you know that uh, astronauts, when they're going into an outer space mission, they actually have to they have all sorts of training they have to do to prepare for, you know, anti-gravity and all, all these sorts of things. But one of the trainings they have to do is to train themselves to enter into the silence because there's no, there's no noise in space. And it's so silent that it will drive them crazy because the first thing they start hearing is like their heart beating. And then they actually start hearing the blood squishing through their veins. And then they start hearing their skin going back and forth over their joints. And there's these noises that they've never heard before and it can drive them nuts if they don't practice for it. And so there's a certain scariness for us too, venturing into like, what am I going to hear if I venture into the silence? You'll hear the voice of God. You'll hear the voice of God tell you who you are in his eyes. What he wants you to do. That's actually a beautiful thing. Very concretely, take five minutes a day of silence. Just find a place you can be alone, silent, maybe 
lock yourself in your car, maybe you lock yourself in the bathroom, maybe you stop in the adoration chapel, find a place of silence, turn everything off. Phones, lights, radios, TVs. Just sit in silence for five minutes. Just say, Lord, I'm putting myself in your presence. Just sit there. Don't do anything. Just sit there every day for the rest of Advent. And see what happens. See what the Lord does. See how he builds you up. You know, as we talked about last week in the liturgy, there's these moments of sacred silence which we also need to enter into. And I just wanted to kind of briefly run through those to give us an idea of like what we can be, what's our, what's our disposition for each of those silences. The, the first silence that the liturgy speaks of is actually the silence before mass begins. It's a beautiful thing to walk into a church full of people and we're just kind of silent. And in that silence, I kneel down and I can ask the Lord just to, just to take away all the distractions of the outside world. Lord, I'm coming here before you. I'm, I'm distracted by many things. Help me just to be present to you. Help me to see the spiritual realities around me, the angels and the saints around your celestial throne. Help me to hear the words of sacred scripture and allow them to penetrate my heart. Let me hear your voice. Lord, these are the the things I want to pray for and I want to unite my heart to yours. Something simple like this, just to set the stage for what we're we're doing here. Uh, One of the next silences is right near the beginning of the mass. Brethren, let's acknowledge our sins pause like what I do in that time is sometimes it's it's either like just a kind of a a, a general acknowledgement that I'm a sinner and I need God's mercy like Lord I'm I'm a failure I need you you are so good I don't deserve your goodness sometimes it might be like yeah I yelled at my spouse on the way to mass this morning I drank too much last night Forgot to go to Mass last week. I know I shouldn't go to communion today. I got to go to confession first. And whatever it is, like particular sins, general sins, just acknowledgement. I need God's mercy. Next, we have those silences right after uh, the reading, right after the homily. Those are good opportunities to just allow the word to soak in. Maybe there's a line that jumped out from the reading from the gospel, that it's just resonating with you. Like, hold on to that. That silence after the gospel, if there was an exhortation during the gospel, maybe I'm, I, I commit to that and make a resolution. Say, Father's, Father's encouraging me to take a, five minutes a day in silence. I'm going to do that. I'm going to take five minutes a day. First thing I get home after work, before I grab a beer and turn the TV on, I'm just going to sit in five minutes of silence. You make that resolution. Then we enter into the Eucharistic prayer and for Advent we're, we're making that more silent. So that silence leading up to the words of institution, I'm bringing my intentions to the Lord. This, this prayer that we offer called the Mass is the infinite prayer with infinite graces. So yeah, we offer each Mass for a particular intention, but let's not leave it there. God's infinity is getting bored with the, the, the pithiness of our petitions. Bring them everything. 
And then after the words of institution, while, while Christ is present there in his passion on Calvary, just gaze upon him to close our eyes and to see his blood dripping down, to see him, to hear him forgiving those who are crucifying him. And maybe we bring to the Lord at those moments those people that we need to forgive. And then the silence after communion, after the last song concludes, just to thank him. Thank you, Jesus, for coming. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my job. Thank him. Don't leave here without thanking the Lord for what he's done for you. Then there's one last silence that I've, I've, I've seen before and I see some people do it like right after mass, right after the very uh, last note of the last song and just to kneel down for a moment, a minute and, and just kind of allow, just as we started mass in a moment of silence to conclude mass in a moment of silence before we go off to have donuts, go off to greet our friends, go off for brunch, just kind of seal with grace what the Lord has done today, thank him and then go off. I think it's a beautiful, a beautiful uh, thing as well. So let's ask the Lord for this grace and let's ask John the Baptist for his intercession so, to help us not be afraid to enter into the desert, the silence of this season, that we can hear the voice of God, that we can be formed by the voice of God so we can know who we are in his sight. We can know what our mission is before him. And then we can recognize him when he comes.